you've reached the highest level of success in some races. What keeps you locked in and motivated? Well, aside from the contract that you got to show up for another two years. <laughs> <laughs> you better get your money. Yeah, right. Before they get in your Welcome into Montgomery and Company. It's your girl, Renee. Listen, we got a good conversation today. Bubba Wallace, you know the name, famed NASCAR driver, but I wanted to talk to him more about just the athlete of it all. NASCAR drivers are athletes, and so I'm an athlete. Do we have any commonalities on how we train, the thought process? Spoiler alert, yes, we do. I talked to Bubba about an array of things because sometimes people don't realize this. You guys may not realize it's kind of hard being famous or dealing with things that come along with it. So I talked to him about just how does he handle things? How does he stay locked in? What motivates Bubba Wallace? Listen now, let's go. This man is known as the most driven and focused drivers, one of the most driven and focused drivers in NASCAR Cup Series. The man is Bubba Wallace. Welcome to Montgomery and Company, Bubba. What's going on? Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. So listen, you are a driver that has exceeded and on multiple levels. And one of those places that you did was you won first in the Cup Series race at Talladega Super Speedway in 2021. There's another race coming up this weekend. So I'm curious, does that help you? Is there an advantage to the fact that you've kind of felt what it feels like to not only be on that track, but to have won there? Yeah, I would say so. But that was 2021 and cars are different now uh we went through a whole new rules package change for the sanctioning body the whole sport changed uh last year so it's kind of been total different racing and so it's definitely taken a little bit to get used to winning on a speedway race again but uh all in all we're excited to get to talladega again this weekend and lock in our first win of the season that'd be great yeah you talked about those changes like for people that don't know i mean a lot of people right now to talk about if it's football they're talking about turf as opposed to regular grass and in women's sports it's player lifestyle what are kind of those things that for athletes in racing that you guys are, are fighting for or looking for to elevating yeah i think for us is like i said this car is so new that we're still figuring out the ins and outs and how to make it work and trying to create better racing and more passing and it's super hard you think you know with the faster car that you would just go up and blaze through the field if right. you're stuck in the back, but that's not the case. There's so much more that goes to it, and and the aerodynamics of everything really makes it a challenge. So, trying to get that, trying to get where a tire grip feels, you know, suitable for each track. It's it's a process. It's a challenge. So, you know, I think there's a lot more smarter people uh, out there that can figure <laughs> that out. I just do my best to give them the best feedback. No, that's dope. And so you're with iconic is the only word I can think of your number 23 driving 23 for MJ. What is it like? Does that add extra pressure knowing, you know, his mentality and what is y'all's relationship like? Cause this is like two people consider the goat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the relationship is, is actually really, really cool just to uh, text him whenever and talk about whatever. It's actually really cool and really fun. But as far as pressure, no, I don't. I don't see it. The twenty-three had been in the sport for many years before. You know, we brought it on as a team. So 
I know the number 23, you think of Michael Jordan for sure. But for me, I think, you know, the pressure all comes from within. Uh, I've raced for Richard Petty before this. So yeah. there's a lot of pressure there that people would say, but it feels the same as far as the pressure levels from, from each team. Speaking on MJ, he likes golf. And I hear that you like golfing as well. Ray Allen tells me all the time, like people that used to shoot in basketball, he thinks it translates straight over to golf. But what are your thoughts on golf and the cross? Like, would you ever play in the tournament? What is it called? Where, you know, where they match the match? Is it called the match? Oh, the or, match. Yeah. yeah. The match. Would you ever yeah. play in it? Because you like golfing, right? I have to be a lot better to get previewed on the match. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, so I got a lot of work to do. Uh, I love golf. We um, we have a, a group of us that, that play, um, try to get out, you know, once a week, if not once every other week. But it's fun. A buddy of mine, he just built one. He built a sim in his house. So we go what? over there and have some tournaments. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Who would you want to be your partner if you hypothetically ever did get in the match? Who would you want to be matched at, like, your partner that you was with? I think it would be, hmm, Man, I don't. That's tough. Obviously, I'm gonna go. Tiger is my first one. That would be sick, right? Iconic. Um, <laughs> man, I don't know. I think that's that's tough. Who would who would have a good time? I feel like Mickelson will be a good time. Yeah, I feel like you guys would cut up. Like we, people would follow you guys whole around if it was. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah for sure, for sure. <laughs> No, that's crazy. And when I think about, you know, like I love talking to other athletes because there's a certain mentality that I think we all have when it comes to that grind and being in the thick of it all the time. And so for me, you know, like there was different things like I'm from West Virginia. So that was one of the drives for me that like I'm gonna make it out and then I'm going to put. But what's like that year after year motivation that keeps someone like you locked in where you've won already? You've reached the highest level of success in some races what keeps you locked in and motivated? Well, aside from the contract that you got to show up for another two years. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get your money. <laughs> yeah, right. I think, you know, I just love my job. I love my life. And I love what we're able to do. Uh, traveling all over the country and going out and competing, you know, as many rough days that you have, whether it's on the court or on the racetrack, every game is a new opportunity. And so and no matter how tough the tough gets, then you, you know it's like a fresh reset. And it's like, man, one of us is going to win today. So that's that's what I live for. I love that. And, you know, you talked about, like, every day is a fresh start. And I think about, like, when there's athletes that are pretty much like some athletes are going to be outspoken because they're just speaking their truth. And you're one of those people I think about, you know, a Draymond Green He's outspoken as well. I told you I'm in the sports world. So did you see the – did you think the suspension disagree or not disagree with the suspension? So actually, I, I've been off social media and I haven't even been on TV. But I heard that he stepped on a guy's chest. Yes. Yeah, that's a <laughs> That's a But let me fun. tell you some context. What if somebody grabbed his foot and then he stomped on it? Does that, you know, does that change your perception at all? He still stomped, but someone grabbed the foot and then he was like, get off of me, stomped. I always like to hear, you know, because yeah. there's different, you know, there's different things in different sports. It's it, who who pulled his foot? It's a bonus. Yeah, yeah. So they had been battling all game, you know, like, and so you haven't even really been checking out the playoffs. Now you're like locked in on, you got, you got your I, stuff I've going been on. i so focused. Hey, look. <laughs> this last month, we're trying to get this ship turned around. Yeah. And I've been so locked in on trying to get the physical self better. I've seen something pop up on, like, Apple News pops up on your phone, and it's like, game two, Steph Curry. I'm like, oh, damn. Play, we're in the playoffs. <laughs> I need to turn the TV on. Yeah, so 
I usually, this is usually when I turn the TV on and I've just been behind because I'm focusing on my craft, but I'll turn it off. Well, speaking of your craft, first of all, let me tell you, you need to talk nice to you because I've watched some of your interviews and you're like your own, like worst critic in the yeah. world. <laughs> so first of all, talk nice to you because I know what that's like, but you said you're trying to turn the ship around this past month. What has that been like for the group? Uh, for me, it's, you know, uh, like you said, I'm super hard on myself and, and want to go out and just, I don't, it, winning every race is the undoable. You can't do that. And so it's not me chasing something that's, uh, unreachable. It's it's just me getting consistent, showing like, hey, we're a front running team, and you know I, I've done some research and I, I've I've seen that every six races in in my six years of Cup, the first the first seven or eight races, sorry, have all been around the same average finish. And it's just like, man, I've I've tried different things. You know, 2018, I was a rookie. Six years in, I feel like I know what I'm doing, and it's still the same average finish, and it's nothing to brag about. And so, you know, that's the frustrating part to me is because we're putting in the work. The team and I are working really well together. You know, I feel like I'm putting in the work. And, you know, it was it was that final wreck in, in Coda. And um, I said what I said. And my mom had texted me. My mom and dad had texted me. My dad was like, hey, you need to stop being so hard on yourself. And, Thank uh, you. Yeah. Uh, easier said than done. But my mom said, you know, hey, if you want something to change, then you got to change yourself. And I've heard that before. I've heard that many times. But for some reason, I couldn't close the phone out without reading that over and over and over again, right? Yeah. And so I get home at 11 o'clock at night from the race, and I go straight to the gym, which is right out in my backyard in my garage. Uh, I go to the gym for an hour, and I've been working out. I've been working out three days a week ever since then. And you, you might sound, you might be like, all right, well, I haven't worked out in over probably two years. I kind of enjoy working out. I don't want to speak too soon. I enjoy working out now. But before, I was tired going into it. I was tired leaving it. Didn't feel better. Like, I was like, this is a waste of time. I didn't see anything out of it. You know, it took me probably four days after that race. And I was in the gym. And I was like, man, I actually feel better. And it was like, okay. So, I've been working out. I've been eating better. Uh, trying to cut a little bit of weight. So, Working on physical self and mental self has definitely helped out, and we've been finishing better. So, Man, that is awesome because with racing, like you might not equate, like this is something that I've done my whole career because in sports that's what you do, but people might not even equate that to racing, the physicality of getting your body in a certain shape to be, because a lot of people might think, look, I can drive a car like, you know, in any shape, but there is a physical component there when you're driving. Yeah, for sure. It's tough because, you know, for years – when things, well, I guess 2017, you know, I was, I was pretty cut up and ripped. Uh, I was doing two days back in high school, like just doing it by myself. And, you know, and I, and then I got burnt out. I was racing so much throughout the year because you can go race other series and do other stuff. And that kept you in shape, right? Right. Well, then in 2017, where sponsorship slowed down, I was out of a ride, life slowed down. I started to add on some weight. And then it seemed like one or two pounds would gain a year and it just barely. And you're like, man. And so then this year, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm confident that we're gonna have a great year. And, and, and it was actually, I'm like, man, I'm the most out of shape that I've been. And I've had back problems after almost every race. And I just go see a physical therapist and they're like, yeah, if you work out, it'd be better. And I'm like, ha good one. <laughs> and it's like, actually like doing core workouts and, and back, you know, strengthen up your back muscles. It's like, I got out after one race, actually this past weekend, and I text my, my physical therapist. I was like, hey, I'll see you tomorrow. 
and I was I was dying at that time. They was like, let's go. When you yeah, said, I'll see then, you tomorrow. An hour later, I was like, oh, I'm fine. And she was like, working out is a magical thing. And I'm like, nah, I'm not blaming it on <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And so I also wanted, like, I mean, I love hearing that because people, they see the races and a lot of times they don't see all the things that athletes do to either, maybe if they miss the shot in the game or not win a race, it's like, look at the hours and time that athletes put in. Speaking of time that you put in, you have the Dr. Pepper tuition program, has 23 students. I'll let you tell more about it, but I think it's really dope. And just tell us, like, what is the Dr. Pepper tuition program and why are you doing it? Yeah, so we got 23 students going to give $5,000 scholarships. And it gives them a, a chance to join our world, our crazy world, our hectic world of, of motorsports, and get the exposure levels and maybe try something that, you know, you maybe you never thought yourself see yourself doing. Uh, for whether that's front office, from whether it's mechanics or, you know, travel side of things, the the finance side of things, whatever. My photographer actually came from from that program. So he, he entered into that program. So it's actually pretty, pretty cool to see, you know, the talents and the personalities that, that come out of that. But really cool for our team to be giving back to the community along with Dr. Pepper and, you know, as much as we don't want to, you know, we, we hate to say, but we're getting older every day. There's someone coming up behind us to replace us. And so for us to be able to kind of shape and mold the future, then so be it. So it's, it's a pretty cool initiative to be a part of. No, it's beautiful. And, I, you know, I know a lot of those kids have to look at you as a role model, which it's kind of like, how old are you? Because I'm, I'm only 36. Oh, so you're 29. So you're even younger. So it's got to be crazy when kids are like, I look up to you. You're a role model. And even in 2020, you became known for your activism on racial justice in response to the murder of George Floyd. It's kind of similar to me in a sense of, you know, a situation happened that propelled us into this role. And so how do you balance those dynamics of your bubble Wallace, which I'm sure you're light and lighthearted and playful all the time. And then there's topics, you know, that you talk on and balancing that and balancing it with the professionalism of the sport, you know, and, all of those things combined because we're kind of in a similar situation. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, there's a time and place for every conversation. Uh, I've always said it. People probably that are around me get tired of me saying, but the best conversation is natural conversation. And so like us, you know, chopping it up today right now is kind of a natural conversation. You don't feel very scripted. And, you know, when the, when the tough topics come about, then it's like, all right, you know, it's, it's okay to dive into that. But, there's a time and place for it. You know, when you're at the racetrack trying to focus on racing and you get brought up, you're like, Whoa, you're not really focused on that. But I think, you know, trying to move the needle forward for a better place for our generation, your future generations to come is, is super important. And, you know, I, I just read something on my phone on the news there that a, a basketball rolled into somebody's neighbor's yard and they shot back and yeah, like, what, what are we, a, a basketball rolling into your yard? Like, Holy cow. And so we have a, we have a lot of work to do as a uh, as human beings, um, and it's not just one specific group. Doesn't matter what color you are, what you know, what side you choose, blue or red. Uh, it's just being better people. Human race, yeah. It's humans, and so I think just trying to be better on that. You and I are both decent human beings. Like we don't have to be taught that. Like. You know, you kind of know that as you grow up from being a kid and just having fun and enjoying life. And like, literally, I've, I've always been curious, like, where did that switch in people's lives to go that route? I don't know. I get it. It's, it's harder for, for others than, than some, but 
So, yeah. I love that you said that because I think about that a lot where where did we lose the like it takes a village term like, you know, terms that we had where a kid goes knocking on a door. He's at the wrong door. You don't shoot the kid because he's at the wrong door. Like, you know, it's like where did that disconnect happen to where that trust was lost or different things of that nature. So, no, I just understand that, you know, you are one of those people that speak out. And so I wanted to, and if you ever, we should collab on something at a certain point, cause we both are kind of, you know, in the same space. But last thing I wanted to ask you is just, are there certain races you look forward to? You know, like, are there, is there a favorite track? Like, you know, for me, I felt like I had good games in certain gyms. Atlanta was one of them. So I loved coming to Atlanta when I came, but are there certain tracks or anything that you look forward to? Yeah, I think, um, you know, last weekend was probably my favorite racetrack just because I've had two truck wins um, there back in the day. That's kind of where my name got kind of put on the map um, at Martinsville. And then obviously Talladega this weekend, got my first cup win there. So that's exciting. Uh, where do we go next? Dover. Dover's a really fun track. Kansas is right after that. Kansas, I got my last one at in uh, September of last year. So just to name those, I mean, those are those are some pretty good tracks for us coming up. So for sure, I have tracks that I circle and highlight and want to run well at. And then there's others that I underline, like, we got to be better at these places. So. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you as I leave out of here, Bubba, talk nice to you. Okay. And we're going to okay. be watching. We're going to be supporting you, man. I'm a fan. I appreciate you coming on and joining Montgomery and Co. Absolutely. Appreciate you. Thank you. You know, I keep on thinking about the match and how he said that he would like to tag team with Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson. And I know if you guys listened yesterday, I talked about greatness and what it looks like, what it feels like. Bubba Wallace, along with other people, we're all chasing greatness. Like he's chasing greatness when it comes to racing and NASCAR. But it's hard for athletes to go to another sport because we're so used to trying to be great at what we do that we don't even know how to be bad at stuff. Like, look at how Bubba reacted when I talked about golf. He's like, oh, no, I'm terrible. That's how I am, too. I don't even want to start playing golf because I feel like I'm not going to be good at it. And then who wants to do something they're not good at? I digress. I won't see you guys next week, but it's still a generational thing. Ow, ow.